Hi, my name is Emma. Hi, my name is Xavier, and we would like to welcome you to Curious Conversations, a podcast for kids, by kids. It's a podcast where we have conversations with adults and kids from all walks of life to learn about their passions and what inspires them, which we know will inspire us and hopefully inspire you, too. Why else, you might ask? Well, we love to ask questions. We are twins, and we just turned 11, and we have over a decade of experience being kids and having a point of view on many topics. We thought a podcast would be a great way to learn something new and explore our interests in a different way, so we thought, why don't we give it a try? On today's episode, we welcome Camelia Nunez. She describes herself as an educator and entrepreneur on a mission to make education more entrepreneurial. To do this, Camelia recently started Grow Entrepreneur to spark and motivate entrepreneurial thinkers among children and teens. Xavier, I am so excited about this chat for many reasons. Camelia is so interesting and I can't wait to hear all of her amazing stories. We have only met her virtually, but we had the privilege of being interviewed on her Grow Entrepreneurial YouTube channel. And we are so excited that Camelia has agreed to be on Curious Conversations. I agree, Emma. When Camelia's interview... When Camelia interviewed us, it was strange for us to be answering the questions. Now today, we get to ask the questions. Emma, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Camelia? Camelia was born in Romania, but is also half Croatian. She grew up in Romania until the age of 17, which was a communist country. Then she moved to Canada in 1999. Her plan was to finish high school and university in Canada, then move back to Europe. But she loved Canada so much and never wanted to move away. Camelia went went on to study literature and translation at the University of Waterloo. Over the years, Camelia has started a few businesses, including a summer international exchange program for high school students and grow entrepreneurial. Camelia currently works at the University of Waterloo, where she teaches entrepreneurship and marketing classes and works the Faculty of Math and School of Computer Science at the water, at the University of Waterloo. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, how are you? I am doing very well. How are you guys? Um, thank you for asking. We are doing um, amazing. This summer has turned very hot. It's been very hot. Remember this when we're at minus 20. <laughs> so, our first question is very long, so prepare yourself. Um, so, our first question is a bit long, but you are so interesting and do so many different things. First, you are an educator, but you're not a teacher like we have in grade 6. You're also an entrepreneur. You have started a few companies, included Grow Entrepreneurial. How would you explain to kids like us what an entrepreneur is, what type of educator you are, and how have you put those two things together to do what you do today? Good question. Wow, starting off with a tough one. I like it. Um, well, yes, it's a it's a bit of an, I guess, unconventional career. I like to call it an entrepreneurial career, if you will. Um, and... You know, um, how I put those things together, I think being an entrepreneurial is essentially 
um, identifying opportunities that catch your interest. Uh, and if they catch your interest enough, you explore ways to uh, approach uh, whatever challenge or issue that has gotten your attention. So that's pretty much how I sort of followed uh, my career. I started off wanting to be a um, teacher and then uh, eventually I decided that I wanted to teach in university. So um, I've always um, been interested in languages and culture. So I decided it'd be cool if I taught just that, foreign languages. So I studied Spanish um, and French, but I really liked Spanish. So my goal was to be a Spanish prof. Um, so that's when I went into grad school and I, you know, was doing a PhD. And while I was doing that, I met a really interesting uh, researcher in computer science, completely different field. And he worked on a technology that uh, um, essentially was able to understand human language. So it's called natural language processing. Um, and listening to him talk about his research, I thought, wow, this would be super cool if we could apply it to language learning. So, you know, uh, a technology that would provide conversation opportunities for people who are trying to learn a foreign language. Uh, I kind of switched gears in the moment and I took my research that I was doing in my PhD program and then combined it with this prof that I met and we started a, a company uh, which was called Malau Language and that was sort of a... Uh, my first entrepreneurial endeavor, if you will, the technology was kind of struggling understanding the students or the learners, and it was kind of breaking that conversation. So it made it annoying for people to learn. So then we realized, okay, maybe we're not quite there yet. Um, so then um, an opportunity came for me to continue working with students uh, internationally from so then I launched uh, another company so I left the startup to, uh, then I launched an international exchange program which also allowed me to work with students from uh, Mexico in particular so we'd bring them to Canada it was really fun uh, and because I had that opportunity launching a company um, I was approached to also teach an entrepreneurship course that was a more applied course. So I thought, wow, that was really cool. I get to share what I learned uh, starting a company. And, you know, it was a, about three years that I was working on that. So I got to teach that to students and work with work with them on their ideas. And so that that all sort of related. So I just I think being entrepreneurial, like I said, I just follow my my interest, my passion, and, you know, if I'm excited enough to put in the work and the effort, I go for it. How and why did you start, did you start Grow Entrepreneurial? Oh, Grow Entrepreneurial is actually a passion project of mine um, because I teach entrepreneurship in university. So, so I got to meet lots of students in university who were really smart and had cool ideas and they wanted to try things. Um, but I always thought that, you know, we should start this at a younger age, right? We should, we should have younger kids such as yourself and, uh, you know, thinking about how to be entrepreneurial, how to pursue opportunities, uh, look for opportunities really, and then how to take action. So, um, I thought, well, the best way to do it is by example, right? So that's why I started Grow Entrepreneurial, which is essentially the 
the intention is to simply share stories of entrepreneurial young minds <laughs> such as yourselves to hopefully motivate others. Um, so entrepreneurship sounds like a very unique class, but what is it like in school and what is your course like? Oh, yes. Well, because, uh, you know, it's me, uh, my course changes quite a bit depending on what I find that's interesting out there uh, that I think is relevant for the students to learn. So as I'm learning new things, I keep, uh, you know, adding them to my course and sharing them with my students. In essence, the course is about the, the mindset, right? Starting with why do we think about entrepreneurship? So we talk a lot about that, why that's important. And a component of it is about uh, personal branding. So I don't know if you guys have heard of that uh, before, but essentially getting students to um, recognize, you know, what their strengths are, what their interests are, and how do they build um, sort of a presence online or um, wherever they find relevant uh, for themselves. So people know, you know, who they are, what they do and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the three components. So we, we talk about why entrepreneurship is important. We talk about getting to know yourself and sort of defining your interests and goals and then how do you take that and you know either start a company or maybe build uh something based on your own talents right like you guys thank you um <laughs> that, that sounds very interesting so when is the time that you failed at something and what did you learn from that experience oh my i failed so many times <laughs> Uh, for, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's when you learn the most when you get it wrong and then you start again. I guess the startup you could say was a fail because we never really got it to the point where we thought it, we would get it. Um, but I guess it was a fail that was a good fail because it opened my eyes to lots of new opportunities, uh, a whole new world. Uh, I met super interesting people that I then got to work with in different capacities. I consider that a win. Now let's go back to the beginning. You grew up in Romania when it was a, a communist country. What was it like growing up? Was it like growing up there? And what was it like when when you came to Canada? Oh my! I have so many stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was very different. I'll tell you that much. Um, do you guys, do you go, what do you guys know about communism? Um, well, I know they don't give you much choice. It's not like Canada. You don't really, you don't get a lot of choices. That's really all I can say about it. That's, that's know. right. You guys are right. You don't get a lot of choices and you don't really get a lot of, uh, freedom um, so yeah, it was, Romania was a, a pretty, um, serious dictatorship, if you will. We had a president who wasn't very nice and he was a president for about 40 years. Um, so during that time, um, there were, there was, uh, some very serious rules that people had to follow. So things like, you know, we weren't allowed to travel, uh, anywhere. Uh, we didn't have TV. Um, there were lots of things like, you know, we didn't have water. Uh, like we, we had water, but it was at specific times and we only oh had gosh. hot water, 
um, uh, maybe once or twice a week. So that's basically when you could shower or take a bath. But perhaps one of the things that stuck with me the most, because I only got to live this until I was about seven, uh, because then we had a revolution. Uh, but I do remember uh, this quite vividly because we didn't, we weren't allowed to have like unlimited amounts of food. Uh, so, you know, you guys go to the grocery store here and you buy food and, you know, there's never really a question of how much you can buy or not. But in Romania, we had portions and we had a little card. Um, so you were only allowed to have like, you know, say one kilo of flour uh, per month and uh, X amount of sugar per month. So you would go with this card to the store and buy your portion and then you'd get a stamp and, and then you wouldn't be able to go buy it again. So, you know, if you had a birthday party uh, you, uh, coming up, you would have to save uh, to, you know, bake cakes and muffins and stuff like that, right? So that was a little tough. So it was not a great, uh, not a great situation to live in. And then on top of that, in school, we only were required to memorize things, right? So uh, we were never required to think for ourselves uh, because this president, um, his name was Ceausescu, um, he basically controlled everything we learned and we watched and we did, right? So in school, we basically just memorized uh, stuff that was approved by the government and we just repeated that like parrots thankfully though i only got that up until grade two so um after that there was that revolution that i was talking about and they killed the president people rebelled so yeah then we were we became a democracy which came with its own challenges but things changed that must have been really hard just to live there yeah, it was a little, like, yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, my mom, though, you know, her family is Croatian, but they had some family that lived in the neighboring country, which is Yugoslavia, and they weren't allowed to visit us. And when they did, um, you know, we'd get in trouble, and you don't really want to get in trouble with the commies because they get very angry and they do bad things to you. So my dad, you know, was taken in a few times, and things like that. So yeah, it, it was rough. It was really hard. Yeah. Um, what was it like when you came to Canada? Wow. Well, it was, uh, everything was different. There was, uh, lots of, uh, freedom and, you know, grateful that my dad took the risk to run away from Romania and, and, you know, immigrate here. Perhaps the most exciting part for me was that there's so many people from so many places um, and I got to meet people from everywhere and be friends with people from everywhere and hear all kinds of different experiences and life stories that I probably would have never heard if I continued to live in Romania. So that was one of the, I think was one of the coolest things. And to this day, I really enjoy making friends from all over the world, trying foods and drinks and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. You don't even have to travel and you can try all kinds of stuff from everywhere. So how did you learn seven languages and what are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, honestly, I think it's a, uh, it sounds very impressive, but a lot of it was because, you know, life 
circumstances, so I kind of had to. So, you know, uh, Romanian and Croatian, I already told you my mom's Croatian. So when I was born, my mom spoke to me in Croatian and my dad spoke to me in Romanian. So I just basically spoke those languages um, at the same time. I don't know, maybe that's what sort of, um, you know, opened up that interest or the ability to acquire new languages. I mean, there's research that says that's helpful indeed. Um, So after that, you know, I learned French and English because they were allowed in school. After a few years, my parents separated. So my mom decided she was going to stay back in Europe because um, there was no... Uh, communism anymore so she didn't want to move so far away from friends and family Uh, and then she ended up marrying uh, someone who's German so my step family was all German Uh, so and I spent a lot of time in Germany so I kind of had to learn German because how was I going to talk to these people and uh, uh, Spanish I learned because I love soap operas you guys know telenovelas no, no. I, thought, I thought soap operas were in Italian. No, they're also in Spanish. And now they have some oh. pretty good ones in Arabic, too. It's like That's Mexico. Cool. Yeah. Mexico and Argentina. They're big producers of telenovelas. So anyway, I got into this when I was, I don't know, maybe a little bit older than, uh, than you guys, like 12, 13. Uh, and I spent a lot of time watching soap operas. And then suddenly I realized that I'm understanding what they're saying in Spanish. So, uh, yeah, that's how I learned Spanish. Seriously, from soap operas. My mom would be <laughs> How would you know? How, how did you start off with the soap operas? So, oh, yeah. I mean, an important factor is, is that in Romania, we had subtitles on TV. So you would watch a show in the original language, and then uh, it would have the subtitles in Romanian. So you would hear what people are saying. And then you could read what that meant. So I think um, that was really helpful. What is your favorite language that you speak? Um, I think Spanish. I like Spanish. I love Spanish. Uh, (laughs) um, It's just, uh, you know, like there's so many countries that speak Spanish and they're also different. Um, So being able to go visit so many different countries and learn about so many different things with the one language. I think it's, it's just been awesome. So I, we heard you love to read and I love reading. So what are you reading now? Well, actually I just finished. So I started this, uh, workout program and I have a, a personal trainer. So this is new. So he recommended a book called the compound effect. Uh, which is how all about how small um, things uh, over a period of time, they compound and make a big difference, even though in the moment you may not notice. For nonfiction stuff, I really like to read um, like historical uh, f- uh, fiction. Sorry, for fiction, not nonfiction. So I like to read, read historical fiction. So I just finished a book called The Most Beautiful Girl in, in Cuba. Um, and so it's all about, um, the Cuban independence from the Spanish empire when they were dominating there. So I learned a lot and I learned a lot about the role of women in that revolution, which honestly, I didn't really know much about. So it's been really cool to discover that. So that's a book that you'd like. 
it's interesting because it's not the same as regular fiction. You're learning something, and then you then you realize at the end, it's like, oh, I learned something. You 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 love to travel, and so do we. So, what has been your favorite place that you have visited? Ah, oh, the world's so beautiful, isn't it? It is. <laughs> so many things to do and to see. Um, yeah, I, I really like South America, and I think I said that a few times that you know. Yeah. <laughs> somehow they. Yeah, I really I really liked uh, um, Brazil. Is a, a really nice nice country and it's very different i think that uh it's so it's such a mosaic of so many uh different cultures that um it's really cool to see and it's reflected in their food in their music i always have a good time when i go there some uh, my husband's from brazil so uh luckily we have excuses to go more often so i really like it there um it's a good. It's a really good place to visit. There's lots of things to see. Uh, probably one of my favorite cities is Rio. Ocean, mountains. It's got everything. It, you know, it's got a port. Lots of lots of really cool things happen there. So it's uh, probably one of German Germany's more international cities, if you will. So there's also people from lots of different places, and they have a really cool entrepreneurial vibe going on too. So I like I like Hamburg. So definitely recommend um and yeah i mean i think uh, those are my my some of my favorite places and then then mexico for sure <laughs> uh mexico is just i keep going back <laughs> what's your favorite part about brazil brazil i think it's i think it's the people the people are um so there's a, a lot of uh, immigration there from Japan uh, for a while. Really? And then, I didn't... Yeah. That just seems very far away. I know, right? So there's a big uh, population of Japanese brutes. Then the south of Brazil is very much German, um, European, uh, you know, Polish, but a lot, it's very German. It almost feels like you are in, in Germany, in Bavaria. Uh, and then there's the, um, African population that's there. So everything is so mixed and, and people are, they're just a representation of that. So it's really cool because you can, there's no stereotype of, oh, this person looks Brazilian. You never know who's Brazilian. Yeah, so you never know. It's really cool. I really like that. Um, so where would you like to go in the world that you have never been to? Asia. I'd like to go somewhere in Asia. I've never been. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a few friends who are from um China so I don't think I think I would venture there with some friends because I would like to really experience sort of the authentic uh part of China uh not sign up for a tour um so you know I think that's that's a place I would really like to to see I'm not sure how I feel about it because I lo- I love Canada because of the open space. We have a lot of room. There's not a, yeah. a lot of people, so I'm sure that will not be the case in in China. But uh, I think it's such a different culture. I'd love to learn more about it. Um, who inspires you and why? Honestly, 
different people inspire me for different reasons. Um, you know, like I have friends who inspire me simply uh, for things, uh, for the way they do things or the way they approach life. Um, my kids inspire me to, you know, try my best and be a better person to model a good person for them. Um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, like, sure, there's famous people that inspire me, uh, you know, famous, if you will. Um, but generally speaking, I, I try to, to sort of find, there's always something you can learn from people that you meet or that, you know, you can find inspirational. I have a friend who never misses a workout, for example, and she's super inspirational to me because <laughs> she's just led a very healthy, fit life. So every time I feel like I'm going to slack today, I think of her, I'm like, oh my God, she would be so angry at me. She would never slack. So, <laughs> so you know, um, I think that um, I actually prefer to find people who inspire me in my closer circle uh, because um, it, it just feels more, more real. You know, I obviously look up to, I, I really like Obama. Um uh, um, so he, I think that he, he was a very well-rounded person and, uh, I, I read his books and so I really, I really enjoy his way of thinking. Um, there's lots of entrepreneurs in the area who I find inspiring. Um, one of them I got to work with, his name's Jay, uh, he founded a company. Uh, so actually the probably one of the most important reasons why I applied to that position was so I could get the work. Uh, so I, so I could get to work with him, uh, because he was so inspiring to me. So I found an opportunity to, you know, um, get to learn from him. So yeah, I, I try to find inspiration around me. You guys are inspiring. Too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you have, you've had such an inspiring life and have been a part of many different Oh, companies and your and your teacher. What does success mean to you? Well, I don't know. I'm probably going to give you an answer that's kind of cheesy, but I think success means uh, living a life that you're happy to be living. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, uh, doing things that are exciting to you. I definitely think that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you're able to you know, set yourself up to live a life where you're enjoying the things you're doing uh, and you feel like, oh, this is a good life. Like, I, I really like what I'm doing. I think that's success. That's, that's a really good answer because success is kind of what, success is different for every person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you think so. I try to, uh, I try to live my life by that and I tell that to my kids too, so... You know, it's not that easy to find things that you like. Sometimes it takes some work. You're like, okay, what is it that really yeah. excites me or interests me? And sometimes that will change. You know, if, you know, a few years down the road, you'll be like, uh, oh wow, I'm, you know, now I'm interested in that. And that's okay, as long as I think life is made of of a bunch of different uh, moments and periods of stuff that you're doing. So as I think overall, if you things that you're you've enjoyed i think that's a successful life <laughs> all right so before we end is there anything you would like to ask us well i wanted to ask how has it been going with the podcast you guys have been working hard all summer 
it's been going well. It's been it's amazing. It's amazing because we get to hear everyone's stories, and it it's really going well. So, will you continue? Um, yes, we will probably um almost definitely continue, but we will continue the podcast as much as much as we can. And uh, we've talked to so many interesting people on our podcast, and I'm pretty sure we've all learned so much from all the people and all their different walks of life. And um, it's just really um, amazing that we, me and my sister both got this experience. Thank you so much. No, thank you. This has been a true uh, honor to be here, and I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. I also saw that you interviewed that Lego master. I didn't get to listen to that episode, but I will. You should definitely listen to that episode. It is probably one of our best. Okay, that's amazing. I can't wait to uh, see it. Oh, not see it. Well, uh, hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mix it up all the time as well. Well, um, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for being on this episode of Gears Conversation. It was really a pleasure. Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to all of the work you'll continue to be doing. You guys are truly inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was a great interview. I liked when she just came to Cam Canada and she was told in her high school class to write an opinion es essay and she didn't know what that was and or that even was a thing. That just shows how different uh, life was in Romania versus Canada. And also that they had to save, like, for example, a bag of flour for a birthday party because there were a limited amount of groceries. So I think Amelia is a very big entrepreneur because she puts teaching and entrepreneurial into a class in university. I really wish we could have this class um, earlier, like in grade 7 or 8. I still really hope that that subject will grow a lot more when we get to university. So not just one class. It's more like an, every single school is mandatory to have that, like math or language. I can't believe she learned Spanish from soap opera. I mean, like, wow. That was pretty funny. I don't think I could do that. I, I like that she had a, an exchange program to help young entrepreneurs all around the world. Overall, that was a great interview. Thank you for listening, and I know all the shows you listen to probably say this, but please rate the podcast and download the episode. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That'll be in the show notes. And if you want to say hi to us, we'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Curious Conversations. Bye!